0: Hi, and welcome to the Vine Community Church Podcast. We hope that what you're about to hear will help you to flourish in God's grace and bear fruit through loving God, loving each other, and loving our community. So as we come to God's word, we have been in a uh, series out of the book of Ephesians called Family Matters. And family does matter, doesn't it? (laughs) And uh, especially in this world, in this this time and season, it's hard, for example, to be a parent, isn't it? Any parents testify to that? Yes, parenting is not for cowards. And uh, and so if you're a parent, you uh, need God's strength and his help. And today we wanna to look at God's word and just what it teaches us about how do we, in today's world, really, uh, raise our children in a, in a Christ-centered way. And so we're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. But uh, you know what? As you think about uh, parenting, and and no matter where your kids are, it's not about your performance, parents. Let me just share that. Because as you look back in the Old Testament, you remember great leaders like Isaac remember the prophet Samuel <laughs> you remember King Hezekiah who was one of the godliest kings in in the southern kingdom and all of their their kids those three examples are just three of their kids that kind of fell into deep unbelief and rebellion against God and so um, I just want to share with you right now it's not about your parenting skills that are going to bring your kids to know and love God, and it's not even by because of your own godliness that that's going to do it. It's because we come and we we are trusting in a great God and King to help us. And um, <clears throat> Lizanne and I have some really good friends. They I've told you this story before, but they probably are the best Christ-centered parents in what they do. They just I mean, it's, it's by the book, the way they parent. And they do such a great job with their kids. Their kids are grown now, but younger in their younger life, their, their oldest child really struggled with unbelief and rejected Christ for a season. And, um, you know, and I was like, wow. If that can happen in that family's life, it can happen in anyone's. And so today, it's not about how you do or how you measure up in your parenting. Um, and and I, gladly, I can share with you that that friend's child actually has come back, he's now an adult, he's come back to Jesus and believes in him and is trusting him. Hallelujah, right, for that. But it, it's not about how well you do, parents, but uh, it's we all have this desire. If you are a Christ follower, your desire is to raise Christ-centered children, I'm sure, just like Lizanne and I. My, our desire, and we want to look at how you do that. With in Ephesians chapter six, verse four, God, this is God's word. It says this: Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. You see, Paul here is talking to uh, fathers directly, but uh, this also applies to single moms grandparents, if you're a head of a household and you have kids, this is for you today as well. And so uh, the context of this passage is this. Paul, one of his 13 letters, writes to the church of Ephesus. He declares that Jesus is the head of the church and that Jesus, when he came, as we have even sung today, he died, he rose again from the dead, and he ascended into heaven. And when he left this planet he poured out his holy spirit on every believer and uh and so we see here that that god's spirit comes and helps us in all relationships Uh, ephesians 5 18 a little earlier in in this letter uh paul writes this and do not get drunk with wine for that is debauchery but be filled with the holy the spirit now Again, I've shared with you a few weeks ago that this is a long sentence from verse 18 all the way to 21. Our English teacher, if you're an English person, you would not like this run-on sentence. But there it ends in verse 21, and it says this, submitting to one another in the fear of God. And so what Paul is saying here is all of us are responsible to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. That's how he begins it. And then he addresses, these two verses kind of drive all that follows in chapters 5 and 6. And so it drives marriage relationships. We've been looking at that. It drives parenting. We're looking at that today. And workplace relationships. All of that, we'll see that next week, workplace. Uh, All of that is controlled by God as we come and submit our lives One another out of reverence for Christ, and so, uh, guys, ladies, the, the goal of parenting is not simply right behavior. The goal of parenting today, we're going to see, is to know and to glorify God. It is all about God's work in us, and your role as a parent, as a mentor, uh, is this: is that you would shepherd your child's heart, and. And what we see from, we'll see from this passage today, when you seek to raise Christ-centered children, two things will flow from your life. Dads, uh, grandparents, single moms, um, mentors. Two things will flow from your life, and the first thing is this, is what I'm calling directional parenting. Uh, what do I mean by that? Look, look back at verse four. There he says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. But bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. The word discipline means the whole training and education of a child. It's actually a more general word than the second word instruction. And this word discipline refers to like your, how do you train your kids how they think, how they, what values they will embrace in their life, and what we would call, some of us would call, a, a, a Christ-centered worldview, life view, and and so these things, values, this discipline is not just about disciplining them for wrong; it's actually shaping their chi- child and the way that they think, that what they treasure, and how they will actually live um, when when our. Daughters were little girls, Christy and Melissa. They were about five years old and Christy uh, came to Lizanne and I and said, Daddy, Mommy, I am a member of the F.A.S.T. family. And uh, Lizanne and I, I mean, we like to be fast. And I, I do especially. Fast and everything. And I think fast and efficient is really good. And so getting dressed getting ready for school eating our meals if we do things fast and efficiently i get a little excited about that and but my daughter christy she's she's like at a different, little different pace and a lot more thorough <laughs> and uh and she she recognized this that we had kind of i had kind of taken a lot of pride in that value of being fast see You know, are you in your life really dads, moms? Are you really trying to make your kids into like a mini-me? You know, you probably take some pride in some things, some values. You know, we're the Adams family and we do this. And you probably take some pride in values that really aren't rooted in the word and really have nothing to do about Christ-centeredness. And so we got to be aware of that. The most important things our kids will grab onto is not being fast, being efficient, it's being rooted in the values of the scripture, right? Would you guys agree? That's so vital. And so, discipline is talking about the shaping of values and thinking and the way that our kids actually see life, that they would see life biblically. Secondly, instruction means using words to call attention to something to exhort or admonish. You know, parents with words, it's, it's so important for us to call attention to Jesus, right? We would all say that. And, and yet, it's a, it's a bit easier to say, kids, follow Jesus, know Jesus, love Jesus, Words are a little easier, right? Words are a little easier at times than actions and follow through. And so so the first thing you need to say with words to your kids is, look, I'm going to fail you. And of course, they already know you will. (laughs) But when and I am going to even fail Christ in keeping his word perfectly, I'm not going to keep it perfectly. But when I do, parents, something great to tell your kids is, I want to repent. Will you pray for me, child, that your parent will be quick to acknowledge my sin and own it and then repent and live differently? You see, dads, in your, your life, um, one of the most important things I know with, with raising our two girls and now we have grandkids is I want to be and grow in being the chief repenter in my family. I want to out repent everyone uh, and show, show uh, my kids that look, I'm ready and willing to acknowledge my sin struggle. Are you willing to do that, Dad? So, how do you know if you're doing that? A couple questions you might ask yourself Have you asked your child for forgiveness recently? Maybe another question is, have you ever asked your child for forgiveness? Do you talk to them, your child, about the struggle, your struggle with sin in appropriate ways? I think that's been one of the best things I did as a parent. In appropriate ways, I talked to Christy and Melissa about my sin. And are you living in a life consistently... Relying on Jesus as your Savior and Lord. Yeah, not perfectly. Failing, yes, but consistently. Lord, help me to be regular in pursuing you more than anything else. You see, top can be cheap. You can tell your kids all day long, pray, read the Bible, follow Christ. But look, look, it's not just do as I say. Your kids are watching you. It's, It's really... Do it. Do as I do. Are you living out your faith? Look at the last phrase of this verse in in chapter six, verse four. It says there that, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Important words. That word phrase is not just a throwaway phrase. It's actually essential because to this passage. Because the word Lord means owner or one who has control of a a person and do you realize if you are a christ follower what you have said is lord you are my owner you control everything about me and everything about my life and you control lord all my relationships that's what we mean when we say that jesus christ is our lord it, it actually means something very, very important. And so, and, and, and realize that some of you might say, well, do I want to have God or anyone controlling me? Look at you do want the Lord controlling you. You know why? And the reason is here, whether you're a Christ follower or you're, you're not yet a Christian is this, God has your best interest in mind. He wants your Good. He's not looking to beat you up or just have you follow a bunch of rules or be whatever. He wants you to flourish more than anyone. More than anyone. The, 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 the person that loves you most is God. And he wants to see you flourish in his grace. And so, dads, remember that, that we are called to Constantly point our kids to Jesus and his control, his lordship over their lives. And and remember, there's really no formula that we follow. Remember, every child is different. Christy was different from Melissa. And every child is different. And by the way, every parent is different. And so um, are you, though, doing this? One, acknowledging that you don't want to stop performing and just addressing behavior. Are you, secondly, looking to the heart of your child and saying, how do I actually care for and shepherd their heart in such a way that that I can point them to Jesus? You see, this is what directional parenting is about and what Paul's speaking about here in this passage. It's constantly pointing your child to Jesus. But secondly, As we desire to raise Christ-centered children, uh, we also want to remember not just directional parenting, but intentional parenting. Uh, Look at the first half of verse 6. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. You see, the word provoke means to rouse to anger or exasperate. And what he's saying here is, we've got to stop reactionary flare-ups, careful to not being overly harsh with our words, insults, extreme sarcasm, inappropriate teasing, manipulating with words or actions, all of that are forms of provoking. And and so... Um, And notice that, again, the common denominator of all these different things and ways we can provoke our children. It's it's an external way to seek to control your child's behavior. The struggle that a lot of us as parents have is we want our parent children to be good. Sometimes the primary reason we want them to be well-behaved is because it will make us look better. Right? If you're honest about it, parent... You, you, you want your child in conformity. And when that happens, by the way, kids, you're doing awesome here today. The kids in this congregation, you, I don't know if it's behavior or heart issues, but way to go. But, but we like that, right? Parents, we like to be looking good, but we also, you know, we want to do a good job and we want to be doing well and parenting well. But all of that is, 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 is part of the problem is, is what we are motive for actually wanting to parent our kids and to not provoke our children to anger. And the, the answer here is it's much more than just wanting nice, obedient children with a little Jesus thrown in, right? It's a lot more than that. That God wants the, it's not just that the Bible, again, teaches us, well, you know, the Bible tells me so. You know, this is what you need to do. It's much more that God wants your kids happiness. He wants them more than you want your kids to flourish. He wants their goodness and, and them to just, to, to be absolutely enjoying him and others as he created them to do so and so do you do you know that do you trust that you see um it's so easy for us and and i know i've fallen into this a lot more than even my beautiful wife bride lizanne is you know i kind of i kind of want my kids to succeed in the world's terms i i like you know hey beautiful kids nice looking kids smart kids, athletic kids. I kind of like that. Sometimes I like that too much. And and each one of us, parents, we've got to look at is, do we want that, those things the world says, matter, or do we want our kids to, to want Jesus more than anything the world has to offer? Are we motivated by by desiring them more than anything to really know and love Jesus and then love others. You see, biblical greatness is this. I could just, biblical greatness in a, in a sentence is, have a passionate love for God demonstrated in an unquenchable love for others. It is to have a passionate love for God Demonstrated in an unquenchable love for others. That is greatness. That, parents, is what, if you're a Christ follower, what we should be desiring, longing for our children to want and pursue is God and to love others. So realize a couple ways you need to be intentional. And I'm putting it on the screen because this is important. Intentional in trusting Christ alone. You see, this is so important. This is an everyday thing. This is not just I get done after a few years or a few weeks of opening the Bible with them. Every day are we praying and saying, God, help me to be very intentional with my family relationships and helping my kids to trust Christ, to trust our Lord and God. And not just kind of try to get behavior modification or conformity. That That's really ultimately not, not what you want to drive at. So intentional in trusting Christ alone and intentional in shepherding your child's heart. Um, I've shared this before with you, but if you've not read the book and you have uh, teenagers or You know, Younger Children, uh, Ted Tripp, an old book, Shepherding a Child's Heart, classic. You should read it. (laughs) Please, uh, other than the Bible, you read that. I mean, for parenting, it is a great work. You see, if you don't start addressing your child's heart and yours, your goal in parenting will be too superficial. You won't go deeply enough. And then you will be using means without even knowing it, perhaps you will provoke your children. You'll, by using surface parenting techniques that provokes your children. You know, so I can kind of almost hear what some of your minds are thinking right now. Some of you dads are saying, or moms, you're saying this in your life, you know, the evil one is accusing you and saying you you, you will never, you will never measure up to parent like this. Or if you already have grown children, why were you such a failure? You didn't do it right. And so many of us, you know, we, 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 we could take that on on our ship of our emotions and our life and say, hey, yeah, I, I failed, and I'm a failure, and we can kind of give up and give in. But look, don't give up. This is what the gospel is all about, parents. It's never too late, you know, to parent your child, even if they're grown, to to respond to them in a way that's pointing them to Christ. And and so I want to just call you just as we conclude the sermon is to stop for a moment and just pause and reflect first of all think about this you need to receive God's forgiveness for your sins first of all you see if you're if you're living under condemnation Romans 12 says there you know and Romans 8 talks about the whole idea is therefore, there's therefore no now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And we have to receive God's forgiveness of our lives or else, honestly, we'll, we'll keep condemning and provoking others. And then, and then we need to, and I'd urge you to, consider, join in with me in admitting your failures and your sin to your kids in ways that's appropriate and right. Talk to them, share with them. Yeah, your dad is not perfect and far from, you know that already, and this is what I struggle with. And and again, will you pray for me? Pray for me that I could live this out called Christianity, biblical, Christ-centeredness. And then finally, cry out to God, cry out to god constantly guys parents dads you're a child do you realize that first before you're a dad you're a child cry out in your weakness god i need your help i can't do this but you can do it through me lord you can help me you can empower me to you can help me to parent my child in a way that points them to Jesus and him alone. And constantly then cry out for your child in their heart to follow in faith in him. You know, uh, I just, as a pastor, as your pastor, it's, it's just so hard to see what's going on in the world Kids, students, teens, children. Man, it, it, this is a hard world. And church, together, together we must, all of us, you know, moms, dads, single people people that have been hurt in relationships. We all need to pull together and point the children of our church to Jesus and him alone. We need each other and have to work not just as individual families, but corporately as a church family together to see God do only what he can do. He can change your child's heart. It doesn't matter if they're 56 or if they're five. God can do that. So we call out, cry out, Lord, help us, we pray. Lord, please help us to raise Christ-centered children. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your wonderful word and thank you for Paul and his bold proclamation as a single man about parenting. Wow, greatest teaching in history we've received from him. Because it was not from him, it was from you. This is of the Lord, thank you, Lord. God, we just, we ask, we invite you to do, Just a great work, a new work, in small and bigger ways in our hearts. Help us to not live in condemnation ourselves or in discouragement. Help us not to live in pride or self-righteousness if our kids are doing well. Help us, Lord, to say, Lord, we're we're weak. We're, We're children. We need your help. Holy Spirit, fill us, empty us of self and self-interest and all the things that tend to drive us and fill us with you. Control us, Lord, that Christ would be exalted. As we sang earlier, we sang we exalt you. We want to exalt you in every area of our life, and every relationship. So we pray this in Jesus' name name. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at thevinecc.com, download our mobile app, or visit us on Facebook or Instagram at The CC. Have a great week.